welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life Podcast. Today's guest is a very special guest because this is something that uh, I don't think I've ever done before. And I brought on a client of mine uh, to talk about their journey with me. And it was really, really cool. And this is something that I've been requested uh, many times to do is to bring clients on as guests and talk about what we've done and what we've accomplished. But this one's going to be really fun and special because we're going to talk about her story as well, which is very inspiring. So today I have Jessica Carr on the show and she is the first ever full-time WWE female referee. She's also the first ever female referee to uh, ref WrestleMania, which is the largest professional wrestling event in history and, and on the planet. Like, it's the biggest one. So, huge accomplishment for her this year. And uh, I've, I've watched her journey uh, grow and expand so much over the last year plus. And it's been really, really a pleasure to work with her and to achieve her body composition results and, and her health goals. And honestly, see so many big shifts in her mindset, which is something you guys are going to take a lot away from in this podcast because she's been able to eliminate a lot of fears and bad relationships with food and with dieting and with cardio and with body image. And we've been able to accomplish that through connection-based coaching and honestly, simple strategies done really well over time. And this is where the power of connection-based coaching comes into play. And it's so much more than macros and calories and spreadsheets. It's communication. It's developing a relationship between a coach and a client, and you're going to hear that in today's conversation because Jessica and I have grown pretty close over the year that we've worked together like I do with many of my clients, uh, and, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. It's, it's going to be something that really, really does uh, inspire you to build and develop a stronger mindset to accomplish more, but also it makes it even more powerful before, because before we get into her journey with me and what we've done, we actually dive into her journey and her career, and we talk a little bit more about specifically um, how she became who she is today, right? Like, how did she defy the odds and become the first ever full-time WWE female ref when people may have doubted her? She doubted herself, and she took a lot of risk to be in the position she is today, but she chased her dreams, and she followed her passion, uh, and she landed the biggest position she could doing it. So really, really cool story, really, really great person. So just such an unbelievably positive and inspira inspirational human being. I'm extremely grateful and blessed to work with her uh, as her coach. And I'm excited for you guys to hear her story and hear her journey that she has been on with me specifically. Uh, so if you enjoy this podcast, if it helps you, if it inspires you, if it motivates you in any way, shape or form, please do me two huge favors. The first one being share it with a friend. If you have somebody who will benefit 
from this podcast episode or any of the podcast episodes for that matter, please do me a huge favor and share it with them. Send them a text, send them an email, send them a Snapchat if that's still a thing. Uh, Get them this podcast so they can benefit from it too. It's free knowledge and I just want to spread that as much as possible. And the second thing is share this with uh, people on your Instagram, right? Take a screenshot of it and post it on your story. Tag myself at Cody McBroom and tag Jess at WWE Lady Ref Jess, all one word. Um, She's got the blue check mark next to her name so you'll know it's her. We want to thank you for listening to it. We want to share it on our story um, and we want to share it with people that are following us as well. So without any further ado, let's talk to my friend, my client, the one and only full-time WWE female referee, Jessica Carr. All right, this is, uh, this is gonna be, like I just told you before we started recording, one of the uh, first legit client interviews that I've done on the podcast. So usually it's, uh, I've gotten this across so many times, usually it's people that have some kind of specialty or do something. You listen to the podcast, you know, I just interview random people in the fitness space. Um, but this is really cool because you have, I would still say you're kind of in a fit, like you're, I still look at you as somewhat of a fitness professional. You know what I mean? Even though you're not like a quote unquote trainer, um, but you're extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. You are one of my clients. You have a really fucking cool job. Um, and I'm excited for this. This It's going to be really cool. So Jessica, tell everybody who you are, uh, in a nutshell, give us your elevator speech, a speech man, I'm doing this pitch. Well, you see, uh, first of all, I just want to say I'm really excited for this. Um, I actually asked you to be on or me to be on this a few months ago um, because I'm just a huge fan of this podcast and even two years listening to it before I even reached out to be a client. So I'm just giddy myself of being on you were, this. You were listening for two years before we worked together? At least. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah i was going up and down the roads uh listening to you going to shows and stuff but um for those that uh don't know who i am which is mostly majority probably but still cool um my name is jessica carr and i am the first female official full-time female referee for the wwe um and it has been a tremendous long journey to get here but i'm sure we'll get into that um i referee on smackdown on friday nights on fox um and it's just it's been a crazy journey (laughs) unreal really so yeah and you guys just finished wrestlemania which looked like quite the and it was cool that they were able to do it and still keep it pretty big knowing that things are just finally starting to calm down here with covid and everything yeah it's twenty five thousand people both nights um on top of the fact that this was the first wrestlemania that we experienced rain problems and weather problems so legitimately the first night where, you know, we got an opening ceremony. We got all of everybody on the front stage. Welcome to WrestleMania. And then we have a rain delay. <laughs> Legitimately, there's a rain delay. So we're on live and we're literally pulling guys into the back going, okay, cut a promo, talk about stuff. And legitimately like, bring this person, bring this person. And it's like utter chaos of, you know, we have to delay the first match starting. We've been waiting a year for people to get into the seats. And now this, and the, oh my gosh, it's just utter chaos, but to have people back, like we've been, for those of you who don't follow the product, like we've been just no people for the past year and to, people bring so much to what we do, the energy to what we do. Like, it's just, it was just such a crazy feeling to have those people back. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, you guys are legitimately performers, you know, I mean, you guys, you guys truly created experience. And I think that I've heard this from many people like, yeah, I like it, 
but when you see it live, like it's different. And I've heard that so many times. And it's the same thing with, I, I look at this like, uh, like rap artists, you're cool. And if I see you live, I really know if you're a good rapper, because yeah. if you can put on a show and you are a performer, like even Drake, like I was, I've never, Drake's dope, but I was never like a super fan of Drake. And then I went to a live concert and I was like, I'm sold because he right. knows how to put on a performance. And I think there's a lot in that, but I mean, talk about tension and, and like pressure. Fuck. That's a lot. Yeah, live, live television, you know, is always, you know, you feel that pressure, but on top of the, I think the difference for what we do and a lot of things that you go see live is that like, you can feel it mm. when you're there. You can feel the energy and feel that story, especially because you have that connection to those characters and what they're doing and what they've like, feeling it like and i'm feeling it when i'm in there i'm watching these guys or girls doing it and i could you know it's it's nuts <laughs> how how did you build up your confidence to be able to you know because that's one thing i've been asked many times about like speaking in front of people because I've, I've hosted so many seminars and at first i was shit in my pants walking on the stage. I'm not gonna like sit here and lie but yeah you know after a short period of time like this is what I love so I can talk on this to anybody in front of anybody for a long period of time but I remember having to say my vows in front of less people than I've I've been spoke in front of uh at seminars and I was terrified and yeah it's it's something that I think you have to build tolerance to but what do you do and what have you done and how has that been to build that confidence because I, I gotta imagine to, to build that, to do what you do regularly, that's got to translate elsewhere in your life, that confidence and that energy and that, that ability to do that. hundred percent. Well, I'm always nervous before I start, you know, different events, you're working with different people, less nerves, more nerves, but it's always nerve wracking. I literally will sit in like our timekeeper booth or whatever, before I go out. And one of the guys, and I look at him, I'll go puke. Oh my God, puke every day. Like I've never puked because I've been nervous, but I guess it's just a thing that I say now just to puke but like um so I've been in the wrestling industry for over 10 years now I started when I was 18 years old so um and I, I wrestled myself and originally started as a wrestler and trained with pe the best in the world like um the Dudley boys Bubba and Devon were my my instructors and my and they really prepped me for everything because I, I'll even, I've told Bubba to this day, I'm terrified of him. And he says, if you're still terrified of me, you have a problem. Uh, but, but I am because he just, I have so much respect for those guys. And because I was terrified of them, um, they really prepped me for everything or anything that I could come up against. So, but that really helped me of getting the training and doing it over and over again and being in the environment so much because you kind of, if, people believe in you and have said that you're good. And I've worked with, you know, guys before like AJ Styles and things like that, that have given me compliments have told me that I'm good at what I do. When you hear that enough and people say that enough and you start to believe yourself, even if you don't believe those things, the more you hear it and the more you tell yourself that you're good, then you have the confidence to do the hard things. Mm. Did You know, it's funny. Cause I actually heard this today when I was listening to something else. Um, uh, it's like a business mastermind webinar thingy. And he, he was saying that he was answering a question about self-doubt, kind of like what you're talking about and like how to overcome that. And he said that unpopular, his unpopular opinion is like, it's actually beneficial to an extent because he believes that if you have self-doubt in something, then there is work to be done on that thing. And it actually can be used as a, as a motivator or like a, an awareness tool. Like mm -hmm. even, even for you of like, 
maybe, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm a male and I'm not in the WWE, but being one of the only females, let yeah. alone the only female to do what you do and be awarded the positions you've been awarded, like that's yeah. a, probably a self-doubt. Like, oh shit, I'm the only female. Right. But at the same time, that can be used as a fuel if you use it correctly. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like a fuel of myself to set the standard, mm. you know, of what this position is and what it could be. Like if I didn't succeed or I didn't do well, people in power thought that I wasn't good at what I did, then I don't think I'd be where I am. You know what I mean? If I didn't succeed or uh, one of my trainers said, in order to be a home run hitter, you have to hit home runs. So that's what I do. Like every time, every, no matter how big or small the opportunity, you just have to hit a home run with it. Are there any things you do or like even just things that you can tell the people listening to like, eliminate the self-doubt or use the self-doubt or build the confidence like the things that you have to do because I know for me there's things I do to preparate for hard day at work or like busy whatever or even like I said presenting in front of maybe 10 people at a small event I'll still prepare but like there's got to be some you're doing every single time or even just daily routine stuff like that to make sure that you're always on because you have to be so fucking on when you step in yeah and I think it's for me if I stress myself out too much, then it's just gonna, I'm not going to do well. So I think just even letting go of, oh my gosh, everything's going to go wrong. And instead just having, no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to deal with it. That mentality of, you know, no matter what happens, I got it. It's okay. I'm just going to have to go with the flow because so much is up in the air. You're literally for me, I to make a decision in a blink of an eye in which I could, you know, make a mistake or not with, you know, the whole scenario. So it's, (laughs) it's just relaxing and realizing that, um, what's the worst case scenario, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna die. No matter what, I'm not gonna die. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. I've, I've heard that. And I was, I was actually going to bring that up because I've heard that from so many successful people, like, if you, if you change your perspective to that, like worst case mentality perspective, you kind mm-hmm. of let go. Like, I mean, a lot of people think worst case, I'm going to lose my job like this, you know, like I'm going to like embarrass myself on yeah. TV, whatever it is like, yeah, those things suck, but change your perspective right. of what actually is the worst case scenario. You're alive. So like, yeah. And, and even yeah. in your case, I would be like, fuck, if you can get that job <laughs> and do what you're doing, yeah. I'm sure you can do some other shit too. You'll be fine. You know? So, um, but that's, that even of itself is easier said than done, you know? Yeah. And reframing it, you know, uh, what is a, what is a mess up? What is a failure? And ultimately it's a learning experience, even if, you know, you're going to walk through the fire and yeah, I made a mistake and you might get some lip for it. Like, but is what it is. I'll learn from it and do better next time. I apologize. Sorry, sir. Move on. You know, like, and that's, that is harder said than done because I find myself, I'm a very, <laughs> I tell my, whenever I do mess up, I am um, very hard on myself and I like, just, I feel it, you know, like some people can do, oh, oh well, but I, I feel that. I, I feel like I'm disappointing people or I, I just, I'm not good at not doing well. <laughs> and they're like, well, you got to get used to it because that's just, that's just how it is. You can't be perfect every single time. And again, it's, it's harder said than done, but you just have it. It's easier when you look back on the mistakes you made six months ago and be like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. But that day it was like, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think that's because like, you care that much. Cause I, I can oh. completely relate to that as, as a coach. If, you know, to us taking like 
the weight of the world or all the blame on us, even if it's our client's fault that they're not getting results. But like you wear that because you give a shit so much. And I think that kind of goes into the whole conversation of there's like, I remember this being a conversation a lot, like when I was early in my career of like, do you turn your career into a passion or do you try to turn your passion into a career, right? It's probably faster to turn your career to a passion because you already got a job. So like, let's love it and build it. But can you really love something that you just don't naturally love, right? Um, Which takes time, but you almost have to like be so ingrained in the process and in what you're doing to to be able to say what you're saying right now. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, this was what I love since I've been 10 years old. Like I counted down days to go to wrestling shows. I would make my dad drive me all over the place, would go drive six hours to meet my favorite wrestlers and would do anything to get backstage and meet these people. And now I go to work and I have a all access badge. And like, I never want that stuff and that gratitude to go away. And even just getting in the ring, like um, at WrestleMania, we were in the stands a bit because we had different responsibilities. And as the show was going on, I'm like, all I ever wanted to do was just get in the wrestling ring. And now like, this is, this is my life. And when I was on the Indies and working smaller shows and traveling around and I had a job at, you know, doing waitressing and that was my real life. And then when I got hired and signed to the WWE, like that became my real life. I never had to go back to quote unquote, the real world. And that's what I always wanted. I never, you know, waking up and going and working and uh, serving pancakes and stuff is not, you know, what I, what I, I, my ideal life. And I never wanted to sit in a, a cubicle. I did an internship when I was like 21 years old and my dad's work at a cubicle and I was miserable sitting at a desk for nine hours. I'm like, I can't, this is not for me. I can't do this. And so, you know, I didn't know how to get into wrestling or if knew if I would ever get there, but I pursued it. You know, I had my degree in electronic media and film. So if I'm not going to make it as a wrestler, then I can do that. But you know, I never thought I would be a referee because that wasn't a job exi- existence. <laughs> that wasn't for, for a woman that wasn't in the cards and the timing of my tryout and what, when they offered it to me, you know, I know a lot of girls were asked to maybe try the position before me. And a lot of them said, no, um, maybe because they, you know, they had the desire or wanted to wrestle. I don't know where, what they're doing now, but you know, my paycheck, I pay my bills because of professional wrestling and I'll never lose that gratitude. Yeah. Never, never. Well, I, I think gratitude is fuel. You know, I sometimes say like, if you don't stop and smell the roses, you'll stop having roses to smell. And like the whole mm-hmm. idea there is, you know, if, if you take it for granted, it will be taken from you. Right. And, and it, and it will become a job, which you don't want it to be. And, and I mean, honestly, that's what, and uh, by the time this airs, we'll already be in the midst of it. And I hope you will, you don't know about it yet, but I hope you will be joining us on it. It's called the tailored life challenge that we're going to launch soon, but it's like a daily showers depends what level. (laughs) So we actually set it up. So there's three levels. So if you choose level one, um, which is kind of like somebody who's stepping in, they've never done a challenge. They haven't ever followed a routine. You should do level one and build up to it. I'm obligated to do level three because I own the company. So I'm yes, going to be taking cold showers every day again, (laughs) but it, it, this, this whole light, this podcast name and the, the Taylor life challenge, like it all actually stemmed from a conversation I had with my dad, not that long ago, because he was the one that didn't want me to change my degrees. And I forged a signature and did it anyway. He was the one that kept saying, you got to have a backup plan. And I kept saying, no. And I would always just say like, if it fails, I'll go find a job at Best Buy or Fred Meyer or the grocery. Like, I don't care. I'll figure it out. 
And, uh, and we had lunch not that long ago. And he looked at me and he said, like, he laughed at the company name. And he's like, you have a tailored life. He was like, I can't believe you do what you do today. Like, you got to stop. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And he's like, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, think about what you do, Cody. Like, think about it. And it was like, damn, like, it's, and that's not to like brag or anything. It, it's honestly like, I mean, it's taken a long, like you, I've been at this for over 10 years, you know? So it took a long time, but I think like you, like sitting back every once in a while and going like, I don't have to complain about much because this is really fucking cool. And I get to help people and impact people and, yeah. and you get to live your dream. Like literally your childhood dream. I didn't dream about this when I was a child, but like, yeah. that's fucking cool. And that is living a tailored life like that is deciding to carve your own path and just doing it anyway because in your gut you knew yeah. I gotta do this like there's just something in you burning and you know how hard is it to I always say the voice but like how hard is it to listen to that voice at a like I mean at a young age it's probably easier because you're more ignorant to be honest with you but yeah. you know in, in, a, in, a, in a way but um why I resonated so much with you and your journey is because, you know, you were heavy set as well and you lost the weight and you changed your life and to become what you become. And that's my story too. Like I was a heavy set kid growing up and I, um, I actually pulled up some records cause you know, I had a lower back injury recently and, um, I had scoliosis like paperwork that I pulled up and it, I was surprised cause I thought this was my heaviest number, but in, I wrote it down in, in 2002, I was 11 years old and I was 220 pounds. Um, and like, that was who I was and wrestling was my outlet and what got me fired up. And it was wrestling. And when I was in high school, when I was 18, that said, you know, I am changing my life to pursue wrestling to, and that's, that's what I did. So I just don't, I think I've always weird, oddly had a time is scarce mentality. And I'm not sure why that is. Um, Cause I, I always, maybe it was that I felt like I wasn't living when I was younger that I wasn't like fulfilling and didn't, ha wasn't happy and felt and very down on myself of like, I can't, I can't, I can't was always in my vocabulary. I can't do this. I can't do that. I, I want to, but I can't like running a, a marathon, a marathon. I did run a marathon, but running a mile in like high school was impossible for me. I couldn't do it. And then, you know, to running full marathons and things of that nature, like I can't turn into, I can for me. And I, wrestling for me I attribute wrestling to the reason my why but more importantly because wrestling will always be there yes but I'm trying to find it inside of myself and realize that like I can no matter what wrestling or not I can and that's been my big journey of ups and downs and like of course there's been self-doubt and is will this work because there's so many times where you're just told I this is like the worst it gets me every time keep doing what you're doing I hate that phrase they would always tell me that when I would go and do extra work that, that what you're doing but I understand like there's a grind and consistency but I'm like if I keep doing what I'm doing then I'm gonna stay where I'm staying like what else do I have to do that's how I felt at least so I just yeah I don't know where that's going that went but yeah, yeah I just that mentality it's it's an everyday awareness. You just have to keep that consistency in your brain of where am I going and how am I getting there? And what am I doing today to make that happen? Mm, I love that. I, I can relate to it. So on so many levels, even with like the yeah. PE class stuff that, oh. which, you know, I go back and forth with that too. Cause even like now that I have a child, I'm like, 
like they better have PE and activity. Cause I'm, you know, I want that for my kid. Don't take that away from them. And the other part of me is like, man, I was super embarrassed every day in PE when we had to do the chin up test or the rope climb. Yeah. And I think about that too. I'm like, you made us rope climb a gymnasium to a gymnasium ceiling. That's pretty fucking dangerous. There's like a little wrestling <laughs> <academy test. laughs> I'm like a second grader, but yeah, no, I think, I think like you hit the nail on the head with you, you, you grabbed onto one thing that meant a lot to you. And that was like your fuel going forward I got to imagine at some point like was there ever a point where you you had this goal right like you know I can think of when I wanted to be a pro skateboarder not a shot in hell that was going to happen but I remember like there was a period of time where I was like yeah I'm definitely going to become a pro skateboarder right and I was motivated as how to skate and then there became a point where I was like I'm probably not going to be a pro skateboarder and I was less motivated to skate right so I'm, I'm curious because you just mentioned self-doubt was there ever a point where you were like, logically speaking, I might not actually do this because the percentage is not in your favor of those who make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did your motivation to get in shape, to keep losing weight, to keep doing those things dwindle away? Or did you attach to the feelings you had during that process and that kind of kept you going? That makes sense. It, of course. And I think it kind of went up and down because my weight loss went up and down. And then oddly enough, I it's more of fate. And I think that in circumstances around me, the domino effect that really kept me going in the direction I needed to go because, you know, I got into a relationship, I was, I was happy. And then, um, it ended up that, that relationship kind of went a little sour. And then I messed up my ankle in a wrestling ring once. Cause I kind of on and off trained, but not consistently, um, messed up my ankle. And he basically was like, I said, I want to visit my family. And he said, no, well, um, if you want to visit your family, you can just leave and take your stuff with you. So I was like, okay. And then I went to North Carolina and that got me going to all my ultimate goal was to train at team 3d in Florida with the Dudley boys. And that's where I went after that. So if he hadn't have done that, if I hadn't have went to a seminar to further my career and my education. If I haven't went to a seminar and messed up my ankle that led us to break up and then that led me to go to Florida, then I wouldn't have gotten the best shape of my life in at Florida. Um, the money I got to move to Florida, I went to a seminar in uh, North Carolina. It's like 40 some people there, guys and girls. I've never been the most talented person in the room. I'm not the most athletic person in the room. And I will tell you that, but I'm one of the most hardest working people that's going to be there because out of 40 people that ripped guys, beautiful women, I was the one that they picked out of 40 people and awarded $2,500 to my wrestling career because I showed up early and I set up the ring, even though I was told I didn't have to, you know, they saw that in me and you know, because I cut a good promo because I was able to speak and deliver because I was able to show that I had passion and I had potential and they saw that in me and they gave me that money. So I had the money. There was no reason for me not to leave. And so I left and I went to Florida and I had a thousand dollars in my bank account and I had a, a, a semi-stable job, stable job at uh, my waitressing, you know, and, you know, moving in with people that I met, that I met on Craigslist. <laughs> They're very nice, thank God. Um, but, <laughs> Sounds so sketchy but, now. <laughs> yeah, but like for me, it was always kind of domino effect, and like, just thankfully, people believed in me enough for to keep sending me in the right direction. Like, like my my life is full of small coincidences. Like a funny story is that when I my first night of wrestling training in general wasn't even thinking about refereeing, but one of my trainers he said it's really good 
for you to be in the ring as much as you can. So we're going to do some training matches and you can be the referee. Well, one of the guys came in, he was, you know, a bit of a jerk, but I know him now. And it's funny. He goes, you are absolutely the worst referee I've ever seen in my life. You should just quit the wrestling business now. And that was my first night in wrestling completely. So it's just, that's hysterical that, you know, just small coincidences all over the place. Have you ever read The Alchemist? No, but I know it's one on the top of your list. <laughs> Gotta fucking read that book. So they talk about omens in there, right? And uh, and answer this. You say, seem like one, but are you a, uh, they say yes, man, but you're obviously not a man. Like you say yes quite often to things in life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my job is a perfect example. Yeah. Like your whole story, like it's, it's situation after situation after situation, just basically I mean, for lack of better terms saying, fuck it. Yes. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that goes a really long way. I think the two things that I took away from that is, is the whole, like say yes more than you say no, because those random occurrences, which I would call omens, like mm-hmm. everything you said faded, everything happens for a reason. There's mm-hmm. so many situations. And it's funny, as you're telling your story, there's so many things I can relate to. There's so many situations in my life where I was just like, okay, yeah. And then I end up in a situation that I'm like, man, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here today. You know, and it's like more and more of those things happen. Um, and and the other thing is like uh, Andy Frisella talks about paying your dues. He picks up like screws and nickels and shit off of the cement all the time he's walking around. And like he calls it paying his dues. But to me, it's like you just do the extra work because it's in who you are, right? Like if I don't pick that up, I'm being lazy. Like I have the capability to pick that up. And if I don't, nobody will like, I'm going to fucking do it, you know? And I think that pays off. Cause I can think about, that's the reason I got my internship, which completely set the stage for everything I did for the rest of my life. Cause I was 18 years old, but I was the one that showed up early in a fucking suit and everybody else is in trainer exercise gear, which is probably more appropriate, but <laughs> I stood out, you know what I mean? Just for the job you want, not the job you have. It's what the, one of the biggest things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout this process, you've, you've, I mean, you're, you're a very motivated person. You're a go-getter. Um, you had to build grit, self-discipline. Um, you have to understand your purpose and your passion and and your drive. You have to learn. I mean, you have a coach now, like obviously me being one of them. And I can tell you this day in and day, day after day, but even with that, you still have to do it for yourself and you've had to do it yourself a long time, but you have to be the one holding yourself accountable and telling yourself to shut the fuck up and keep moving forward. Right. Like how has that progressed over time? Is that part, like, is that part of your personality? And if so, do you think that like people are just born with it or like, how do people create that? Cause I think people crave that. Yeah. Well, this answer is going to be kind of around the, around the bush here. Cause um, it's definitely something that I've had to work on especially after since being hired, because I won't lie to you and tell, tell you that, you know, my mindset was in the best place when I was first started with the WWE because for the longest time. So I went from, you know, being a heavy set kid and wanting to wrestle and then losing the weight and then gaining the weight and then traveling long and going, you know, by myself and finally believing myself enough and then getting into the best shape of my life for my tryout. And having and finally getting this job, but I felt my identity change because I had so much pride in saying that, hi, my name is Jessica and I'm a wrestler, you know, and then it turned into, hi, my name is Jessica, I'm a referee and for the WWE, which is fantastic. And I uh, will push it to the moon of how grateful I am for every opportunity and I'll, including the things we'll talk about that recently happened, but, and what I get to do, but it was extremely hard for me. So I had to, 
go and do plenty of therapy. And with that came my struggle and relationship with food and what my negative brain was telling myself all the time and becoming aware of those things. Um, and like even um, going, because I, one of the exercises that my therapist had me do was write a letter to myself and a letter to my body. And like, I have it on my, and I read it the other day. I'm like, my brain has shifted so much since we've worked together that I'm like, I don't even recognize that thought process anymore, which is, which is great. But at the time, like, no wonder I'm feeling this way because, you know, my body was just in a place where I was unhappy with it. I was emotional all the time. I was crying all the time. Like, of, of course it's a stressful work environment, but I'm living my dream. So why am I so upset all the time? Um, and then just feeling out of control with my, my physical appearance. Um, and of course, equating that to, well, maybe this isn't where I should be or what I should be doing. And so it was just, it was a rough time at first, you know, um, right before we started working together, because also, um, you know, I didn't have a regular cycle. I was going to multiple doctors who told me, oh, we don't, we're not really sure why, um, you don't have a cycle, but, uh, here's some, uh, medication that postmenopausal women get, you know, and it was just chaos. And then I went to another doctor who said, you're absolutely fine, but if you want to lose weight, just eat 1600 calories a day. See you next month. I was just like, no, this is not how it should be done. So I just, it was a lot of awareness and therapy and finding and seeing that negative voice in my head and labeling it. Um, what my therapist told me was like, if you hear that negative voice, give it a name. And so I gave it Linda, you know, Linda, listen to me. So at least I could smile a little bit and be like, Linda, listen, you're not taking me down today, Linda. Okay. (laughs) So I think awareness of all that and that mindset shift is, has been so incredible um, with working with you two of just how far I've come with that. So I don't remember the original question, but I told you it was going around the bush. So, (laughs) and I told you before, like, I love when you do, because that's what leads to the best conversations. And, you know, I think that it's really, really cool for me to see, because, you know, as we talked about uh, recently, as you just recently did, you're the first female to ever referee WrestleMania, which is the biggest event that WWE puts on period. And it's, it's, it's a massive event. I mean, it basically looked like they had a Grammy award show. Like, I mean, like it was just crazy seeing like my client's pictures and then talking to each one of you guys and hearing your different, like, it's just so cool. And like, to be able to ref that is just insane. It's such a massive accomplishment, which means that you've overcame because you can't do that without overcoming those struggles that you're talking about. And I don't think either one of us would sit here and say that like, you never have those struggles because I sit here all the time and people ask me like, how do you, how did you eliminate anxiety? I was like, I didn't, I, I, I can tell you how I do day to day and how I continually eliminate it, but it always comes back. Right. Like we can't, Linda will always be there. You know what I mean? And I think that's, <laughs> we learn how to quiet her down. Right. And we all have that. And, and that's the big thing. But um, you, you mentioned like, what has changed so much since we started working together and, and I don't necessarily want this to be like a sales pitch for like what I did well, because I think a lot of what I do for you in this scenario is similar to a therapist when it's more like leading you to the answer rather than blatantly telling you do this, or this is how you need to think. Cause I can't imprint thoughts in your head, but I would love to hear like the things that you took away 
from me or the therapist that like, I know the letter, like that's super powerful, but what were the things that clicked with you or what lessons have you taken away that allowed you to kind of shift your mind frame? Cause it, and this is the last thing I'll say and I'll shut up when you talk, but a lot of times, a lot of times I see this with people where we're working on things. And at first, when you tell people we're going to work on this, they almost expect that we're going to do this like journal practice or something. And it's going to be like gone, done. Right. But really like you just kind of wake up one day and you're like doing your update or something. You're like, damn, I haven't had a negative thought about my body in a while. Like, what's going on? And, and then you kind of start like trying to reverse engineer it and put the piece together. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and your story and like what you've experienced. Right. So much. So I'll try to, I want to make sure I hit a lot because I just, I can't express my gratitude of being able to work with you and feeling uh, freedom, I guess, because so much, so many times I would get on the scale, especially towards that horrible this uh, section of my life where I was just uh, really down a lot. Like, everyone has bad days, but when majority of your days are bad and you feel just so out of control with everything that's happening to you, you just are so confused and helpless is a big word. Like going and visiting friends in Maryland, I was in the airport just bawling my eyes out for no reason because I had mozzarella sticks the night before and the weight was up or I felt horrible. Like that's not fair. That's not how life should be. And then feeling guilty because you know, and or maybe sorry for yourself because you feel like you put so much effort in, but you don't see what you want to see. Um, and this is this right here, the sentence that I'm about to deliver to you right now is power in itself because I would never in a million years say on a public platform that I'm 185 pounds ever in my life would I ever say that. And to also tell you that when I started with you, I was also 185 pounds, but my body has changed dramatically. My consistently has changed. My consistency has changed dramatically. My structure in the gym, like people work out, but they don't train. Like I was working out for 10 years, you know, work out here, work out here. But when you consistently train week in and week out, progressive overload, changing it up, like the first functional, uh, functional program that I had with you, the ebook, like I saw dramatic change with that. And then, oh my gosh, it was just so love that. Yeah. Amazing. So (laughs) like, it's just, I would 10 year old me or the girl that was struggling to lose that first weight when she was 18 years old and was doing 1100 calorie diets would never think that she would be able to stand at WrestleMania at 185 pounds because I didn't think that success could ever look like that. And that's, that's where the power is. Like, of course, you know, I have bad body image days. We all do. And we all want, I'm always like, we ready to cut yet? Cause I've been, you know, here in this, you know, reverse phase for about three months now. And you're like, Nope, not yet. But the fact is, that since I've been 18 years old, I've always either been dieting or in a mental capacity dieting. And that was really an eye opener for me when I started to track in maintenance. I was like, what? Like automatically wanting to somehow eat less or somehow um, do the, you know, up more steps or up something and lower calories. And I was like, no, we can just chill here. We can just chill here. And that's, that's okay. And that'll help us in the future to make, to get the aesthetic changes that I want. One of the things in uh, therapy that I didn't agree with, but I see what she was saying was that you can't find peace or happiness if you're always looking for change. Mm. Where I understand that I am, I think grateful for what I am and happy of what I am and who I am, because the difference is now I don't feel shame for what I am. Mm. I am not a mistake. I am, I am not a mistake because yes. I felt shame before. 
Now I just know I'm happy with what I am. I'm proud of what I am. I'm proud of my body, but I'm always, I want to improve. I don't think there's a problem with that, you know? So, and having the idea that this is a long-term thing, having that idea of, I don't have to be in a month, a certain weight or look a certain way in a few weeks. Like we can think long-term and that alleviates so much stress for me. So, so much, so much. Um, and I'm just so appreciative of, and I'm always working like this isn't, again, this is not a short-term thing. It's going to be always working, I think, forever because of, you know, 10 years of thinking negatively about myself and of food. And But um, I'm making the effort to make those changes mentally. And that's that's huge. So, yeah. It's it, First of all, I love that you said, I train, I don't work out. Like, that's, that's <laughs> fucking amazing. That And it's so true. And I think that I truly believe that a lot of it comes from like really I wouldn't even say I would say you fell in love with the process you really like what we do and you love training and stuff but even for people who aren't like super enthusiastic about lifting like you have to fall in love with the process to an extent and I 100% agree with your thoughts on what she said I think I understand where she's coming from and it makes sense but I agree if you're not striving for change you're not growing if you're not growing you're staying put and although you can be at peace with that can you really be fully fulfilled and happy? And, and as an entrepreneur, I can relate to this in the sense that I battled with this for a while of I'm never satisfied because I need more. And to the point where I set targets and goals financially with clients, with family, like everything. Mm-hmm. And before I hit it, once I realize I'm going to hit it, I already start planning the next goal so that when I get to this goal, it's just like meaningless to me because I'm already focused on the next thing. And I realized that after a while, I was like, I haven't celebrated a win in so long because I'm never satisfied. But it wasn't until I started thinking about it, kind of similar to how she said of like, where am I at right now? Like, what's cool about that? What do I love about that? And be, because, you know, thinking about the future gives you anxiety. Staying in the past is depression, literally. Happiness is in the present. And if you can be in the present, I think that's the big key. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't change, right? Um, But you said a few things that I think are really, really important for people to realize. And one of the biggest ones was the longevity key, right? And and the longevity side of this is for a lot of people, that actually stresses them out because they're like, fuck, I got to do this for how long? You know, but I think if you can let go of that stress, it, it just, it makes everything easier because you eliminate the stress of a deadline. You eliminate the stress of pressure, right? You realize, and one of the things that I look for in a client, um, probably shouldn't tell you this, uh, when they're, (laughs) when they're done reverse dieting is like, you know, there's health markers we're looking for. There's also mental health markers. And one of the things is, is exactly what you just said. Like, yeah, I want to die. Of course we all want to get treaded and cut and everything, but I'm cool here. I understand that, you know, like this is important. I'm enjoying it. So, you know, accepting that because then you eliminate this timeline, you eliminate a deadline and all this pressure. And now you can kind of just be in that moment. And when I see that in a client, that's when I'm like, Oh yes. Okay. Like now you're here. We might stay there a little bit longer just to like milk it a little bit. But like, I think that's such a big thing for you. Like accomplishing mentally is like saying like, damn, I used to think a lot about dieting. Like, and now I realize that I have these urges to want to cut calories or want to do more cardio and those things, but awareness is the first step towards change, yeah. right? And I think that's so beautiful that you're able to stop and go, oh shit, I'm having those thoughts. Okay, like I'm not doing anything about it, but I'm re- I realize that, you know? And then you can move forward in the right direction. Yes, 100%. And two, just noticing that, you know, it was 
the time to do maintenance phase of, you know, I was not hitting my macros as I wanted because I was just so hungry or stressed out or this or that. And now as I'm been in maintenance for a while, it's like, I have no need or want to go over what I have because it's, I'm content and I'm not worried or thinking about food or having these crazy outrageous cravings, but silly as it sounds for 10 years, that's what it always was that constant cycle. So I don't, I didn't know what normal life should be. <laughs> yeah. hundred so. percent. And honestly, your, your transformation story is, is we're still in the process, but is, is one of my favorites because you've seen such a crazy change in every area, physical, emotional, mental. Um, I would even say the spiritual side, it depends what you define as spiritual, but having that peace, inner peace with it, but your weight hasn't really changed much. You know, we fluctuated down and up and that stuff I love because most people, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I'm sure you were there. Most people, when they get started, I'll have a conversation. I don't know if we had this conversation, but I'll have a conversation with them. And they'll, I'll say, like, you know, like, what's your goal weight? Like, where are you after? And let's say in your case, you're like, oh, I want to be 170. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, uh, what if we got you to where you, like you visually, you saw that, but you stepped on the scale and it was 180. Yeah. And then there's like this long pause. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you should be like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If you're going to get me there and I can eat yeah. more food and like, I look how I want to like, that's golden, yeah. but it's that attachment to the scale that like, it's, it drives me crazy. I hate it. And I understand it. Cause I, I went through, I threw away the scale. I took down my mirrors. Cause I had, I, I've done it too. I've dieted and gained all the way back. So I get it. But, um, re, how was removing yourself from that attachment? Yeah, it's, it's hard and it's still an ongoing process with that. But like I said, I, I equated lower numbers to success. And especially too, when I was in the better shape or in super cardio shape, you know, I was those lower numbers too, you know, when I had my tryout and, and everything. So it just, people are very much attached to that number for, for whatever reason, you know, and it just comes to a point where you, you have to sh tell Linda to shut up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So were you surprised in any way when I said, because some people are like, when I say this, I'm like, okay, like I understand that there is that like mental barrier with scale. We're going to yeah. weigh in every single day. I wasn't surprised because I do enough listening to different podcasts and, and you enough where I'm like, oh, okay. I I've heard of this <laughs> potentially a thing. Um, and but it's good to see though, because you understand that if I do eat over one day because I have go out with friends or whatever, that it comes back down and it's not going to keep endlessly going up and 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 up uncontrollably. It's just, just continue your regularly scheduled programming, <laughs> you know, like don't let that deter you. It, and it's, and it's so hard because that number is just in your head. That's, that's, that's all it is. It's a mental game of this thing. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think that the fluctuations are important. The correlations between things are really important to see too, but it's almost like uh, another book you should read if you have an obstacle is the way. Mm -hmm. And he goes through all these stories of these amazing athletes, uh, historical figures, all these people who got through something crazy in their life, but it's because they went right through the obstacle. Mm -hmm. They didn't try to avoid it. So I often tell people the same thing. Like if the scale is, is really fucking with you, don't avoid it. Right. Like, 
go head first to it. Like, like you have to stand on it. You have to see the number. And that's the only way you can disassociate yourself because if you only weigh in once a week, you're going to get so much anxiety every time that one day shows up and the likelihood of it being a fluctuation is 50, 50. So Exactly. And like altering your, maybe even like altering your life around it, you know, Oh, I got to weigh in tomorrow. I'm just not gonna, I'm going to fast my way to it or something or, you know, hit the sauna or, and then just to feel an emotion with a certain number. Um, and when it controls you to that level, are you getting, are you, you're living a healthy life? You know, is that, is that health for you? Is that your ideal life? You know, true. And and you know what, like that, even uh, you could even say that with, um, if we're weighing every day and you see like, Oh, I stayed up too late last night and I did see some fluctuations because I got less sleep. I had some extra sodium, I'm whatever. Or I know for me, like on Saturdays, my one day to sleep in, I'll sleep fucking like one week. It was literally 11 hours. I'm not kidding. Like I'll just keep sleeping to catch up. And uh, I was like down five and a half pounds. Why? I was extremely <laughs> dehydrated, <laughs> extremely dehydrated. But you can see these things. And now you go like, for example, like, you want to go hang out with people on a Friday, whatever, but you don't because you know you have to weigh in tomorrow and Saturday's weigh-in day or something. Like that's that's not how to live. So now you can go, well, I already weighed in fucking six times. So screw Saturday's weigh-in. I'm gonna have fun. Yeah. And I know it's gonna fluctuate. It's that knowledge and again awareness of thoughts, of situations, of everything. So awareness, it's a big one. It's huge. Um I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from what we've done. Like what it, what has been so far. Um, and I hope that you're going to keep getting takeaways from me because obviously we're still working together, but like, what have been the big ones that you think people listening to this? Uh, cause I think, you know, to me, like one of the, the two things that I was most excited about to have you on the podcast for is one for all the females listening who are entrepreneurs or who are chasing their goals, who maybe are shy or intimidated or insecure. And they're hearing somebody who has overcome all of the above and continues to strive and grow. I was really excited to get you on so they can just honestly just hear your presence because you can feel it and you have like shit to prove <laughs> that you, you do it. And then of course, because you're my client and you're seeing these success and, and you're succeeding through these, these big roadblocks, I think a lot of people face, but what were the big, like, even if it's just one, but like maybe a couple things that, that you take away today that like you think women trying to lose weight need to hear from you based on what we've done together. I think there's, I don't want to like make it pretty and put in a little bow and make sure I get it to the right destination. But um, one of them is that, you know, you are not defined by your weight or what you look like or any of that. Like, I think it's so much more powerful to say that I'm a hard worker, that I am, you know, I'm morally ethical, that I'm a good person, that I make people feel good, that I am dependable, that I'm on time, like those type of characteristics are so much more important than a number. Um, That moments are so important with the people that you care about, like missing out on, you know, going out to dinner or anything of that, like just isn't what I look for anymore. Like I have goals, but there are so many times where I wouldn't do things or hang out with my friends because I was worried that I would go and go overboard with, with food. And it's, it's about living your life and life. Life all, again, I lived in that scarcity of time. Like life is too short. Um, and I've always felt 
like that life is too short. So go after what you want. Like, I feel a lot of people are so already in a mindset that they're not this, or they're not that, or they're not capable of that, or there's no way that can happen or, but like go for it and make the action and take action toward it. And you'll be surprised. And I'm an example of, even if you don't reach the place that you thought you would, who knows where you're going to end up and who you're going to meet and what Avenue you're going to go down. I find because I go back to my wrestling school a lot. And a lot of the time, the girls are more trying to, am I doing this right? Is this how you do it? Is that it? And a lot of guys just do it. So I don't know why that is that we're so worried about women in particular are worried about making sure everything is dotted and crossed off and perfect. Like life's not perfect and you're not going to be perfect and you're going to fall. I don't like the fall off wagon mentality either because like, okay, like I didn't hit what I wanted to hit today. That's fine. Let's just, I don't jump back in, jump off. Cause you're never off. That's just, that's just the process of what we're doing. Um, with that, like you are in control of every moment that there is like every moment and decision that you make, you are in control of what you're doing. You know, circumstances in life, I get people, you know, have it worse than others or are not in the best place to do things. Like I was young. I had the opportunity to chase what I wanted because I didn't have obligations. I didn't have kids. I didn't have relationships and worry about other people. I went for it, but you are in control of your life. Like if you don't have what you want, then you can go for it. If you don't have what you want, you can make and take action toward it. Like again, life is, life is way too short. And just for me, finding that power of myself and my body and that I am worth it and that I am enough and like following the other positivity, like social media can be so negative, but if you find like-minded people in there that celebrate normal bodies, like that's a big thing for me. Like I, I, a horrible, I don't even remember her name, but I like, um, she was in, um, ESPN, um, like a bigger boned woman, uh, like doing like the, one of the naked shoots or whatever. And like, she had a similar body type to mine and like blew me away, like blew me away. Cause I was like, that's what, but I don't see that, but that like every there's, you are normal. Your body is normal and you are enough and just make the strides. If you want something more or better, just attack it, go for it. Like there's nothing stopping you other than yourself. I love that. There's, there's a quote. I'm going to butcher the shit out of it. I don't know if it's exactly, but it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, 90% of your results come from not what happens to you, but how you respond to it. And as you know, this isn't going to turn into one of these podcasts, but as fucked up as this country is right now and the world is right now, I think it's still safe to say that like over the course of time in, in America, like people make shit happen. Like this is a place where people from other countries come so that they can start shit you know it is i'm not saying it is easy for everybody there is a lot of people who go through a lot of shit and people have gone through way worse things than me i've gone through some fucked up things in my life i was never handed anything and but the point is is you know there's i mean there's shit there's so many famous people that you hear their store background you're like holy shit that is horrible but they've made so much of themselves because of that very thing you're talking about they just keep going and they just keep doing and they just keep taking action and they don't take no for an answer. And that's the, that's what you need to do in order to get anything in life, really. And 
another big thing too, we all have insecurities and you're not alone with that. Like I have been backstage right before some of the prettiest in shape women in the world go out onto national television and they're picking apart their problem areas. And I legitimately, when they said that once I said, ha, ha, really? Ha. But like, it's, it's real, no matter what level you get to, you're always going to have those insecurities. So it's just always acknowledging that and being aware of that, but not letting it falter you. Yeah. Like owning up to and accepting, uh, I wouldn't even, I don't want to call them insecurities used a better word earlier, but like just what makes you different, like the things about you, you know, and, and I've, I've had friends and and people that I've heard say things some of that, like, Oh, like this looks bad or I look chunky or anything like that. I'm like, Hey, do not say that in front of anybody. Yeah. You're so unbelievably wrong that like people will be pissed at you for saying that. Like, and I understand. And I, and I say that with empathy because I'm like, I understand like we all have those but like, don't say that, like, cause it's not true. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, people would be surprised even at this, like, and this probably comes, like you said earlier, I was heavier set kid my whole life. So I was always had insecurities. They never go away. Like I'm much, I can acknowledge I'm much leaner than the average person today. And I got to work hard to stay there because of who I was, but you know, I even look, I mean, we take videos, pictures every day. Like there's just so many, I mean, we have this folder online that has, and I'm not exaggerating thousands of pictures of me in the gym doing stuff for content stuff. And to this day, even like they'll want to use a certain picture. I'm like, I don't like that one. And I literally will look like, I see like my sweatshirt. Like I, look, I look chubby in my head. Like I think that I don't say it out loud. Cause I know like Travis and she will be like, dude, <laughs> but I still to this day will do that sometimes. Sometimes I catch myself and I go, I'm going to post it just because I had that feeling or that thought and I want to own it. I want to be like, no, fuck that. Like I control this. But the point is, like you said, we all do that. And I think people hearing you and I both say that is actually way more powerful than we probably realize. And your thoughts are so powerful too. Like even speaking something into into existence, like even if you don't believe that you're capable of doing something, if you say it out loud and you write it places and you read it all the time, like, and like, I've even put quotes from people like that I respect. And they're telling me like one of the, you know, telling me that I'm a credit to the wrestling business. Like when someone says that, that you respect, even if you don't believe it yourself, like if you, if you see it and you read it, like, it just makes it makes you believe it even more. So your thoughts are so powerful. And like, I'm more aware of that now. And what people speak, like my friends, they say, you know, around their kids that, oh, well, I'm a fatty to their kid, like talking about themselves with their kid. But I'm like, oh my gosh, no, please don't. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like, they listen to that. They hear that. And it starts from the, like, so young. So it's thoughts are real, <laughs> like uh, so much your mental capacity and thinking things into existence like yeah it's, it's real i've i've been way more aware of that now that i have a daughter because that happens more so with young girls than it does boys obviously but if, and i don't and i don't say things like that but even like about my macros or about my like oh i gotta do cardio or anything like that like the way i frame like i gotta do cardio i don't yeah. say that in front of her like yeah. i will try to either just not say shit at all or like I can't wait to get some activity and like, you know what I mean? Change the way I say it because I know she's a sponge right now. She's listening. And I don't want when she's six or seven for her to come up to me and have an issue and me be like, fuck, was that because something I said, or like she saw me weighing something all the time. So I like purposely kind of like weigh my food when she's not like (laughs) right there. And, um, but yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's huge. You gotta be so aware of that. And I think, um, 
so much of what you're saying right now is just so unbelievably powerful and helpful for the people listening. I can't stress that enough. Um, from an inspiration perspective, I mean, even like, you know, you, you just talked about speaking things into existence. It's kind of like, you know, self-affirmations. And I really think people listening should take that. And when, when I was, my wife was pregnant, I would write, I would, I am a great father over and over like every day, every morning I'd write three times in my journal. Cause I like literally had so much self doubt around it and was so scared that I would have to repeat it over again. I've done that with my body. I used to have a quote on my mirror when I was 18, lived with my parents still, and I'd read it every day. If you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you will be successful. I'll never forget. It was, a, it was, that was the quote I had on every single day. Um, and I would read it over and over again. Um, I actually broke the mirror when I was moving out of my parents' house a couple years later. And that's yeah. when I stopped <laughs> reading <I'm> it. <laughs> but, um, and I have a really weird take on this. And, uh, but it, I don't know if it's, it, if it's a sociopath, I don't know the right, right definition, but somebody who like convinces themselves into like things that are real kind of thing. Like they say something so much that they become a different person kind of thing. I don't know what, do you know? No, what I'm I mean, I think that, that's called humans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So there is, there is a type I've, I've seen this in murder movies. So that's why I said sociopath. I don't know for sure if yeah. it is, but they basically say things until they believe it. And then that's like their story and they, they can pass lie detector tests because they truly believe it. But in a sense, like it just kind of reaffirms your thought process in their brain. They're repeating something so much until they believe it and they can pass a lie detector test. So if mm -hmm. there's something you want in life, repeat it over and over and over again, speak it into existence, even better, tell it to other people. I tell yeah. people in my life, shit, I'm going to do in the future all the time. And sometimes it's been like off the walls stuff. Um, but I know if I say it, that's accountability. If I keep saying it to people, I'm putting it out in the universe. It will be expected of me by the universe and I will make it happen. And I think that's a really, really powerful, it's kind of like a foo-foo, cheesy, no. like motivational guru thing to some people. Like, and I think people hearing that and going, okay, that's your problem. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. You have to be open to anything really. Yeah. And a lot of people are not for, I don't know why, but maybe it's just being uncomfortable or vulnerability or fear of it actually working. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up here. I think that was uh, like, we hit on everything I wanted to hit on today. So I'm, I'm really excited about how this went. Um, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, again, super powerful. And I know so many listeners have wanted to hear one of my clients come on and talk about what we do. So I'm grateful for you doing that. Um, where can everybody find your content and everything online? Yeah, mainly the Twitter and Instagram. And that's going to be at WWE Lady Ref Jess on both. Two S's? Yes. Make that clear because people always ask. Um, I'll put that in the description of the podcast so you guys can check that out. Um, and yeah, that's wrap. Go give her a follow. She puts out a lot of good uh, non-WWE content as well. Um, it's cool just to follow her journey period, but she does talk about fitness and nutrition. So I know a lot of you guys listening will vibe with what she puts out too. Um, so again, Thank you for spending time. This is great. Thank you. Lots of fun. So